2: Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating.
3: Welcome back to another episode of Uncommon Drive. My name is Chad Ozy, and I am here with Jeff Cross and we are looking forward to another discussion where we talk about what it takes to be uncommon in our drive towards success, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing so good. And you know, one of the things that we are so appreciative of is when our listeners uh, go in and give us a review, uh, give us a rating, whether it's on Apple Podcast, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen to your podcast. It's super helpful to us. And so, if you just even take a second right now, as you're listening, and flip over on your app and hit that fifth star, uh, write just a couple words to tell folks what we're doing and uh, if it's helpful to you. Something else you can do if this is helpful to you is to share it, uh, whether it's on social media or uh, uh, just by word of mouth. Uh, it's been interesting over the last couple of weeks. I've had some people uh, come up to me and go, I had no idea you were doing that and mm. just found the podcast. <laughs> and uh, that's so cool. We're, we're glad that it's there and helpful to you. You know, for a lot of our basketball officials, we are hitting deep into the season. Uh, we kind of call it the the turnaround time, where teams are facing each other for the second time through conference play. And so it's a very intense time. We're not quite to playoffs yet, but we're we're really heading deep into the season. Uh, for all of our baseball umpires out there, they are getting ready for the start of the season. We are just a few weeks away from first pitch,
2: mm, crazy. which
3: is crazy to think, because as we're talking right now, it's five degrees outside. And so uh, it's really difficult to think <laughs> that's happening in less than a month, uh, but it is. And uh, a lot of you are getting cage work in right now. A lot of you are at indoor facilities with teams, uh, getting your eyes ready, getting your body ready. I've got uh, some umpires in my conference that are going to be spending time in indoor facilities doing simulated games mm. uh, with, uh, with teams, which is a great, incredible tool for us to prepare for the season. And one of the things, you know, that happens, Jeff, as we... As we think about this whether we're we 're prepping for a, a new baseball season, whether we 're prepping for now this this kind of turnaround time that happens in basketball, um, one of the things we hear over and over and over is we have to have the right mindset mm-hmm. we we have to be in the right mindset to work, and sometimes we think about you know leaving work and home, you know, at the door when we walk into the locker Hmm. room so that we can be in the right mindset to work the game. Sometimes it's about stuff that blows up during the game or whatever might happen. Let me just ask you, what are some things that you do? What are some things that are part of your thought process when you think about going into a game with the right mindset?
2: That's a good question. This is a hot topic for me right now, Chad. Um, It. If we if we just rewind to December, you know, even November, December, the beginning of the season for me, it was a difficult time for me. Um, I was having a hard time getting through, you know, some of the challenges that were coming our way, and and I just wasn't. Um, I just don't think I was in a strong mental spot. Um, and I think some of that was what I with was what I was surrounding myself with. I was surrounding myself with negative things whether that be the news or negative youtube videos or negative podcasts people complaining about whatever that was that just put me in a bad spot when i went in the locker room so you know at the first of the year i made you know i kind of made that resolution to you know i'm going to i'm going to be better at that and it's amazing how well the past 3 to 4 weeks have been hmm. just by changing that just by changing that simple process of quit surrounding yourself, quit feeding negative thoughts, quit feeding, you know, angry people, you know, listening to, you know, if if you can just listen to uplifting music, you know, instead of old sad country music all the time, (laughs) you know, not the country music bad, but if I'm listening to the lyrics, a lot of times it is very, very sad. I lost her wife and, you know, whatever it is and tears in my beer. So all that is sad. And then you're just going to take that into the locker room. So for me, I have to either listen to something positive. I have to either um, talk to someone who is positive. If someone's going to be, you know, if I'm going to talk to someone and they're going to be negative, hey, listen, I'm getting ready for a go-to-game. You know, maybe I'll change the subject, whatever that might be. Um, I'm even done so much so far this year, the new year, is, is, an, is, is find ways to, even though I would maybe talk to someone, I know that they can be a little bit more negative. I wait till after the game to call them, Mm. things like that. So um, I think, and another thing that helps me, I think, is if I, you know, I know it's probably a bad phrase, but I'd like to share the good news. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Man, I listened to this great podcast on the way in today. You know, let me just share a few things that I learned. Oh, I wrote a few quotes down that I heard. What do you think about these? That gets me still excited about it and getting in the right mindset. And it helps put my partners, hopefully, because I don't know what they've done for the two-hour, four-hour drive. Mm-hmm. So it puts me in those good mindsets.
3: You know, it's really interesting that you you brought a couple of those things up. Part of the reason we started this podcast, um, you know, I, I listen to podcasts all the time. Part of the reason for that is uh, I'm a musician. Um, some people may not know that about me, but because mm-hmm. of that, music... Um, there's always music going on in my brain sometimes if I have music on the radio, then it's in competition with each other. It's weird like music does not keep me alert the way it would some people. Some mm. people love rocking out to their favorite their favorite jams on the way home from a game <laughs> late night and that's what keeps them up and keeps them going uh, for me, that is not the case. Um, like the the hardest craziest music can put me to sleep. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of funny how I work and so I need stuff that is, Um, conversation. So, you know, we say uncommon drive because a lot of times what would happen is we'd end up on the phone with other Mm -hmm. officials talking Mm -hmm. on the way home from a game. And part of that was, yeah, we're talking through and processing a game and building relationships and all. And part of it's we just know that they're they're difficult drives. Yeah. Uh, Jeff had a, a difficult drive back from Michigan yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, state of Michigan. And as he was heading back, I made sure I'm like, yeah, man, I know he, he should be, you know, about this far along, and it's a little later than maybe some people will be up. And so I just shot Jeff a quick call just to see how he was doing on the road. That's that's pretty typical. And when it's at a time when it's it's not convenient to call people or whatever, I love listening to podcasts. I have two particular podcasts that I listen to that are really kind of about the same subject. It's a It's a subject matter I'm really interested in. And I found myself gravitating to one over the other. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out because the one that I was gravitating to really didn't have anything more profound than the other one. In fact when it came just to pure information, it maybe had less than the other one. Hmm. But as I began to listen to it, I realized the one that I was listening to less, the the person who was the podcast host was very snarky with some of their comments. Hmm. They would they would take opportunities to, to put people down or just be, like they everything would go along fine and then they'd just be really harsh hmm. for a few moments and then they'd go right back. And I realized, I just like, I did. I didn't like that. Mm. Like that did not put me in a good place uh, mm. when I heard that. And so what really is 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 great content I'm choosing not to listen to now just because of how that was beginning to feed my mindset. And so I, I think you're absolutely correct that that's something that happens. Um, I know that as as part of this mindset thing for you you have been you've been reading some books, you've been listening to some videos and stuff like that and you mentioned something to me earlier that I think is really interesting. You know, a lot of times we we talk about trying to find, you know, a positive mindset. Like mm-hmm. we want to go into something with a positive mindset, but you said you've found something that's just a little different than that. It's a little different step than trying to find positive. Uh, share with us a little bit about that.
2: So, first of all, the book is called It Takes What It Takes. Okay?
3: Okay. It Takes What It Takes. Who's that written by? Yeah,
2: I'm going to find it for you because I know it's important to get all the proper information. And I think um, everyone will appreciate that. So, It Takes What It Takes, and it's by Trevor Moad. Okay. That's M-O-A-W-A-D. Okay. Uh, he's since passed away. All right. Um, and I'm in, a, in his... He he's got some YouTube videos out, you know. He this guy is a, or he was a. Um, they called him like a sports psychologist, basically. But he he his the way he sold it was he was it was working on mental conditioning. Okay, that's what he was doing, and he worked with all the best athletes, you know, um, you know, quarterbacks, Alabama football team. Just he worked with a lot of a lot of big big star athletes, and and you know he always says that, you know I'm looking to make you know good better and better great and great greatest right but he said something to me or he said something in the book and in, in a YouTube video that I heard what I thought was really amazing. So positive thinking we know sometimes works negative thinking always works. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you know, we don't want to think negative because it always works. It and it always comes out negative. Mm-hmm. It always comes out negative. So just thinking. So it's it's interesting. There's st- studies done by Harvard and a lot of big universities, and they, they said that. So thinking negative, it's 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 increased to happen opposed to if you were just thinking positive, right? If I'm to think, so if, if I'm going to think positive, there's a we'll say a five percent chance of of it actually happening. If I'm going to think negative, it's almost double apt to happen. Mm. Just thinking it, saying something negative, up to 70 times more apt to happen. Mm. So his thought process is, and this is what I'm going through right now, you know, you guys are like in the meat of it, or you guys are hearing exactly what I'm learning at the time, because I'm only a week into, you know, discovering this gentleman. And he he says, we got to get to neutral, we gotta find neutral more than anything. So we have positive, we have negative, we wanna find neutral. And and basically, you know, in layman's terms, he's just saying, you know, accept the facts for what they are. Let's not attach the negative thought process into what happened, even it it did happen. There's no denying it. You know, whatever. He would say, Oh, you know, a quarterback just threw an interception. Well, everyone can think negative about the interception. But the the person who is gonna have a neutral thinking goes, yes, that that interception did happen. Now, what am I going to do? Because the next play is going to happen. Mm-hmm. No different than missing a ball strike, right? Absolutely. I miss a strike. That you know, I called it a ball. That happened. I can't deny it. There's no, in and, and everyone's going to try and influence me to how bad I am. But I have to find my neutral in order to get the next pitch correct.
3: You know, I, I think that's really interesting because I think many of us, regardless of the sport that we work, can probably think of a time, even right now, as we were just listening to you talk, there was probably some situation, some game, some moment mm-hmm. where immediately immediately in our mind, we're like, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember walking into this game so negative mm-hmm. and it was a negative game, mm-hmm. right? It was. It mm-hmm. was, you know? I remember walking into a game with such a positive mindset and it really did make a difference. Mm-hmm. All. You know, I, and we know that just as human beings, we hear negative so much more loudly than we hear positive.
2: I would even argue that we're attracted to it. Mm. We're attracted to the negative car wrecks that we see on the news and the negative you know, so-and-so got caught, you know, with dope on them, and now they're arrested, some movie star. We're attracted to all that negative. That's what hooks us in. So that's what news does. That's what, you know, people, just in general, who want them to, you know, you're talking about that podcast where, you know, it was real mm-hmm. snarky. Well, he or she, I don't know what podcast it is, is but that's the way they're hooking people in. Because like, oh, this, this guy's so negative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, now... We, the tension is growing and you're still going to listen to it because that is what our body is drawn to. So we got to find a way to get out of negative and find neutral. I'm sorry. No, no,
3: no, that's, that's good. I I had not thought of it in those terms. You know, I just know that, um, you know, if, if, if you have a, a relationship with someone, I don't care if it's, if it's kids, if it's a friend, if it's a spouse, a significant other, whatever, right. you can, you can give them 10 compliments throughout the day, right? Oh, you know, I, I love your smile this morning. Mm -hmm. Wow. You, you look, you look really great headed off to school today. Mm -hmm. Boy, you did really great on your test. I mean, you give all those and then you make just like one little comment at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh really? Like, that's how you're going to fold the towels. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't even have to be about something that's important. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You can do something like that. And all of a sudden that person's thought process about your interaction for the day is that everything's been negative. Mm-hmm. Right now. 10 to one, 10 to one says, if I'm being logical about things, this was a very positive day. Mm-hmm. But in our humanity, it goes, Oh, they don't think I'm good enough. They they don't think I know what I'm doing. They don't like me. They're frustrated with me. They're upset, whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. And all of us do that. Now, I think some of us have a, a greater proclivity towards feeling that way than others. But I think all of us experience it, right?
2: Yeah. And put it in terms with, let's just, let's just talk official coach interaction.
4: Mm-hmm. If I let's
2: just say basketball games, 40 minutes and the college basketball games, 40 minutes. All my interactions are good with this coach. But I have one bad interaction. I, you know, I say something negative about what the, you know, the coach's demeanor or whatever that is. Mark my words. That coach. Is gonna see you as a bad communicator, someone who is you know d- didn't say very nice things about me or whatever that may be, because they heard the one negative, even though the whole day was perfectly fine, and it you know goes back to I'm probably gonna jump the gun here, but you know part of this part of this book is, you know don't say stupid stuff. Okay, so this interaction that we have, hey coach. You know, if your team would just block out, block out we wouldn't have we could call that over the back foul or whatever, right?
3: Yep, no that, such thing as over the back foul, by the way, right? Exactly, right. thank for, foul, right? for, for <laughs> keeping that out
2: there in the ethos somewhere. Yeah, I appreciate all, that. Yeah, there's referees across the country you know, <laughs> putting their hands on their head, going, What's cross talking about? How does he even a referee? But <laughs> that one negative thing. Has a major impact on what that the coach sees you. Now, all because you had to say it. What's wrong with no, saying nothing? Mm-hmm. Did the coach ask a question? No. Is the coach looking for a response? No. You're just trying to, you know, help them understand, but ultimately, you're saying something stupid, and now you can't you can't take it back. They've already passed judgment on you.
3: Well, you know, I think even more than saying stupid stuff to other people, I think. More times than not, we're saying stupid things to ourselves. Okay. Um, and, again, part of this is because we're getting caught in that negative mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? But we walk into a game going, oh, this is going to be a tough one tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, last night I was fortunate enough to have a two top 10 team matchup at the junior college level on a Monday night. We're not normally playing. It was a rescheduled kind of thing. I got put on the game. I was excited to be working it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are the kinds of things that we're telling ourselves as we walk in there? Well, this is going to be a war, right? Well, that's that's negative thinking from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? And we know we're going to have issues with this coach. Mm-hmm. It's negative thinking from the beginning. Now, that's different from what you were saying as more of a neutral standpoint of, hey. This coach has a history of whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Let's be prepared for it. That's different than oh, we're gonna have trouble with this coach. Mm -hmm. You know,
2: it's a big difference. Big difference. And you know, you say oh, this is gonna be a war. How about the phrase? This could be a good game. Mm -hmm. This should be a good game. That's right. You know, I I don't know how many times you know you'll be talking to your fellow officials and who you working with tonight. Oh, A, B, and C. Oh you got to work with A, huh? Well, maybe A had a bad game when they worked with you. That doesn't mean... So, so now you're setting it up for it to be bad again. Yep. A's A. I'm putting mm-hmm. A at neutral. You know, I'm going to approach the game in neutral. And I'm going to approach try to approach every play in neutral so that way I can handle every play as it is, not what it's been for the last 30 minutes. Because yep. illegal contact is illegal contact and it doesn't make a difference if, you know, and I'm even changing this mindset too, you know, because we like, well, oh, let's try and marry plays, right? If we get, a, we get a block charge down here and we call it a block, we get that same play down there, let's try and stay with that block. I can't do that. I don't think that's right anymore. I think we need to understand each play has its own merit and its own history and we're going to call the play like we see it. Mm-hmm. That's it because we're all trained at seeing illegal contact. We all understand what legal and illegal is, so that's all we should be doing. We should be ruling on that, not the emotion of, you know, a coach yelling or someone telling you you're bad or you maybe even you're telling yourself, "Boy, that was such a bad call. I cannot believe I made that bad call." Don't please don't make another bad call. Well, I got news for you. You keep saying that to yourself, and especially if you say it out loud, it's seventy times more apt to happen. It will happen. Well, you know, and you
3: you talk about that idea of marrying calls. I mean, on the baseball side, we say it all the time. I mean, it's the very first inning, and there's a pitch that's two inches off the plate, and you call it a strike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know a lot of umpires are like, oh, I got to call that a strike all day now. Mm-hmm. I've, I've set my line. That's where it is. I've got to call that all day. And now, guess what? They are super, super inconsistent mm-hmm. because that's not their normal line. Mm-hmm. They made one mistake mm-hmm. and they allowed negative thinking about that one mistake to now turn that one mistake into 15 mistakes. Mm-hmm. 'Cause it's impossible for them to be consistent at a place where they're not used to being consistent.
2: Well, and it's not within the rule. Yep. You know what I mean? So now you're just you're being the reason you're inconsistent is because this, you know this is not the rule. Hmm. All to try and make everything everyone feel all warm and fuzzy. When instead, if we could say, Hey, that was a mistake. Yeah. That should have not been a strike. I've called it a strike. It still is a strike. These mm-hmm. are the facts, but now I'm gonna go back to neutral. And call the corners, not off the corners.
3: Yeah. You know, so when we talk about that, that positive to to negative thinking um, in in the way that we receive communication, you know, I know if I, if I hear one negative thing, it's likely to wipe out 10 positive things that I just heard. Mm -hmm. That is very, very human, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you take a a young kid that just had a piano recital, right, Mm. and 20 people come up and say oh man that was so great and i loved hearing that and oh that was that was so awesome and then the piano teacher walks up to him and says you missed the rhythm at the transition to the chorus what's that kid remembering they're not remembering the 20 people that talked about how great it was Mm -hmm. they're remembering that negative interaction now part of the reason they're remembering that negative interaction is because of who it's coming from sure right The 20 people that said it was great may have been grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody else who have a vested interest in wanting it to be good. Mm -hmm. It could be that that negative communication that came came from someone who has greater credibility when it comes to what's being said. And they may have said it so that it could get fixed. They may have said it because it was true. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've made the comment lots of times you make a call on the, on the floor or on the field. Right. Mm -hmm. And your partners come in afterwards, like, oh, that was a great call. And you've said multiple times, well, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's somebody else Mm -hmm. whose opinion carries more weight. Yep. And you're going to find out the next day or two, how many clips you get. One of my partners last night asked me, uh, you know, do you do you always get clips from this coach? I'm like, well, I know they have a history mm-hmm. of sending in clips. Right? He's like, well, I'm three days out. I'm three days out, and we haven't got them, which is awesome, right? I mean, and we feel good then. I mean, we do. You know why? Because I'm sure there were 20 people yelling things in that game, but that didn't carry the same weight as a coach that might send a clip or a supervisor that mm-hmm. might send a clip, mm-hmm. right? And so even though we, we feel that negative more, there's times when that negative that we're getting is actually more constructive in helping us improve because it may, it may be more accurate information. You know, we've gotten really good at tuning out negative that we hear from the stands right? Mm -hmm. You know, you guys are horrible. That's not, that's an over the back. Mm -hmm. That's a reach. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's all those things. We're like, okay, those are idiots. We're passing by on that. Right. Mm -hmm. But if our partner says something or if a coach says something, or if a supervisor says something, now all of a sudden we, we take that in a very personal way. What I like about what you just said is that instead of taking it personally, Let's take it neutrally. Mm -hmm. Personally, what it does is it allows me to feel bad and get butthurt about it. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm not going to get better. Right. But if I take it neutrally, I'm looking at it going, yep, I missed that call.
2: These are the facts.
3: These are the facts. Mm -hmm. I missed that call. Yep. What can I do? to not miss that call Mm -hmm. next time. Right. Right. What is it about getting to a neutral place as you're kind of beginning this journey for you? Mm -hmm. What is it about getting to neutral that's making things go more smoothly for you rather than just trying to flip-flop from negative to positive?
2: Yeah, I don't... uh, For me, getting to neutral is a place of Lower anxiety. Okay. Because when I'm negative, anxiety comes with that. Sure. And when you're anxious and you're negative, and you got a coach yelling, and you got players running over the place, and you got moms and dads telling you how bad you are, you know what I mean? You got all those things going on. You can't you can't focus on that. And so I think that's what helps me. To get to neutral as fast as possible, Mm -hmm. except what has happened. Yep, I put my fist in the air and I called a foul, and it shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. That's it. That is the facts. I. But now it's time to go to the next play. Um, I'm gonna. Can I read that quote? Yeah, go Um, ahead. um, It was. It was a really good quote from this book, and I'm going to. I'm going to read it here. And it's, I think it's, it's just amazing. So and it's, and he's re- this in this book, he's relating it to athletes, right? Mm-hmm. And plays for their athletes. But I think as officials, umpires, football, whatever it is, right? Baseball, basketball. And it says, each play has a history and a life of its own. It's important. It matters. You are responsible for it. But it has nothing to do with what happens next. Mm. So when I call that pitch a strike, it's three inches off the plate. Yes, it's happened. It has a history of its own. You own it. It matters. But it has nothing to do with what happens next. Mm -hmm. The same thing in reverse. That baby comes right down the pipe and you call it a strike, perfect strike. It's got nothing to do with what's about to happen next. So that's where if we can approach... Life, But if we're talking about officiating and we're talking about making decisions, you know, with a lot of moving parts, this is going to help us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I go to replay, it's, you know, when, when I get done with this, this play has, it has its own history and I'm done with it. And it's got nothing to do with what's about to happen next because I may have just looked at a potential disqualifying foul and maybe did disqualify three people for coming off the bench and all kinds of stuff. But the next play that's going to happen is could be just a simple travel. And I may miss it because I'm staying in the negative or the positive, whatever it is, in the past on this previous play, and now I'm missing the next play. It's a play's over. Time to evaluate the next one.
3: You know, Jeff, it's really interesting you brought up replay. And if you don't mind, I'm – I'm going to go to a conversation you and I had last night about a play that you had in your game last night, if that's okay. Okay. So um, we have several baseball conferences this year that are going to instant replay for the first time. Mm -hmm. So we have some guys at some lower levels that are going to experience replay for the first time in their ever in their career. Mm -hmm. We have, as we're now moving deep into that turnaround of conference season, we've got some officials that are going to work their first conference tournaments coming up in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have replay for the first time because maybe their league doesn't normally use it, but they use it at the conference tournament. Or they're going to go to the NCAA tournament for the first time, you know, work in a regional, and they're going to experience that replay kind of stuff. Or there are people at, you know, D2, D1, other levels that that regularly have replay. And we get super anxious a lot Mm -hmm. of times about replay. Now, you had a play last night that you called a a restricted area block, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that means uh, for you non-basketball people, uh, it means that if it hadn't been for that little semi-circle on the floor, it would have been an offensive foul. But because of where the defender was located, Mm -hmm. it's called a block. So it's Mm going to be a foul on the defense rather than the offense. Um, In your game, there's the ability for a coach to appeal. Mm -hmm. The coach did appeal. Mm -hmm. You guys went to the monitor And it showed that the player was just outside the arc. Mm All right. How does it make you feel? What is your mindset coming out of a situation where you have just publicly, right? Publicly been told you were wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what happened, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. In front of everybody in the stadium, Mm -hmm. in front of everybody watching on TV, you were just told you were wrong. What does that do to your mindset?
2: Well, a few years ago, it had been a hot mess, you okay. know, because it's it's a it's a it's a a jab on your psyche, on your self esteem. You know, you're like, oh, I thought I was better than that. I can't believe I missed it. Whatever it is, last night, I mean, I, I really just took that play for what it was, mm-hmm. and you know, explained to the coach. Yep, I mean, video clearly proves that they're out. I was able to get to neutral so fast last night, just from you know the practice for a week now. Sure, it it, it didn't bother me at all. It didn't bother me. We even revisited it a little bit at a timeout. See, yeah, boy, it was close, but she was clearly out. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I, I'm good with it. I, we made the right decision. Um, and if I had to give any kind of advice, we'll call it, when it comes to monitor. That is a way for you to help enforce the rules correctly, Mm -hmm. which is what we're charged with doing. Sure. We're charged with enforcing the rules correctly. And sometimes video gives us a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that happened to me last night, just Saturday afternoon, same scenario. I had out of bounds play that I called for whatever black and we went to replay and it was white, another missed call. But the rules have allowed me to adjudicate them correctly. I feel better knowing that the call was correct after video than I would if I I felt before those times, before these times where I I would have to go in the locker room and see that I missed it Mm -hmm. and not able to correct it. That's what causes me to lose sleep. Mm -hmm. So as much as... I want to, you know, be invested and attached to certain plays. It's not helping me get to neutral. Sure, it's when I attach them. So, um, I'm not going to lie. If that video would have came back and proved that I was correct, I would have felt a lot better. Sure, you know, but
3: you would have been in a positive mindset.
2: <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And I think that was the biggest thing about that play was, if I get it right, I'm in a positive mindset. If I get it wrong. What I can't do is go to a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. Just stay neutral. Yep. Just stay neutral.
3: So there's a couple of things that I think we can learn from that. And first of all, just let me say, because I, I don't know that we say this on the podcast enough, but but thank you for the vulnerability to be able to talk about that. It's mm-hmm. it's not always fun to, to talk about our mistakes, it's right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that, first mm-hmm. of all. Secondly, let me just say, I consider Jeff to be a high level official. Okay? That's proven out by the opportunities that he's gotten, it's proven out by the schedule that he works. It's proven out by the way his coordinators uh, rely on him and trust him, things like that. So so there's no debating that. Jeff is a high level NCAA Division 1 basketball official. I think one of the things that makes him a high-level NCAA Division I Basketball official is because he was able to do exactly what that quote said. You know what? The facts say, I got that play wrong. Mm -hmm. Most of us, I don't care what level we work at, the moment we know we got one wrong, we're in our head and the next three are wrong too.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: It might be something as simple travels. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: It, it, it can be anything on mm-hmm. the game. It could be an out-of-bounds call. It could be uh, we were late calling an illegal screen, and so we didn't call it. We saw it, but we didn't call it. Whatever it was, mm-hmm. right? And now all of a sudden, it snowballs. It could be calling a pitch that bounced in the dirt a <laughs> strike, mm-hmm. right? And now we're calling you know the next three pitches wrong, not because we don't have the ability to call them right, but because we are so in our own head that we can't focus. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that I, I want us to hear, all of us that are listening, me included, that the ability to say that play had a life of its own. Mm-hmm. That play has its own history. Yes, if if that coach clips it and sends it to my coordinator, I'm going to have to eat it, you know, whatever, right? But it does not have the right that play does not have the power, unless I give it to it, mm-hmm. to affect the next play. That's right. Or the next play or the next play. And if something does affect the next play, the next play, the next play, I can't blame it on that play. I have to blame it on my mindset. Mm-hmm. After a play like that, I'm not going to flip to positive. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, everything's fine. Yeah, and everything's don't. hunky-dory. Well, and I'm the best official yeah. in the world. Kumbaya, right? Everybody. That does not yep. happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, But I can't get myself back to neutral, with practice, with repetition. Um, that's that's really big. And then the other piece of this that I think is really cool is it's a great reminder. No matter what level we work, guess what? We're not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, um, thank goodness you were on a game that did allow you to be able to fix that and adjudicate it according to the rules so Mm -hmm. then you didn't have to go home and feel bad about it. Yep. Whereas somebody that's working a D3 game tonight that makes that exact same call in the exact same situation, they go home and they're watching their film and all of a sudden they're like, oh Mm -hmm. crap, I blew that one. Missed it, yep. You know, and maybe, maybe they blew it in a one-point game. Mm -hmm. And now they're going, well, what would have been different if I would have called that the other way? In the same way that in the moment... We have to get to neutral. Sometimes we don't get that mindset feeling until afterwards when we get the clips Mm -hmm. or we get the call or the whatever. And we got to be able to get ourselves back to neutral then too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Even if it's you the next morning checking out your game film. Yep. And you go, oh, my goodness, I missed it. Well, you got a game tonight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? You better get back to neutral Mm -hmm. real quick. And just accept the facts as they are. The facts are... She was out. You didn't pick up the feet soon enough. Whatever that is, and then we 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 take those mistakes, we we catalog them, we try to get better looks at plays, and we go we go to the next one, because as I said, the next one may not be a hard one. The me- next one may be a simple drag of the pivot foot, and we mm-hmm. miss it because we're living in the past. We're living in that in a negative mindset or whatever you want to call that ne- negative thinking, and. Now we're missing easy travels and, you know, now we're missing timeout requests by coaches because we're still going backwards and backwards and backwards and we'll never. And then now we got you know, coaches and coordinators going, boy, they just weren't very good tonight. All because of you couldn't get back to neutral. You don't have to get the positive, just get to neutral Mm -hmm. and you'll find that you'll have way more success.
3: Yeah. I, uh, I grew up learning to drive stick shift. Mm. Still, my favorite kind of vehicle to drive. Yeah, right. I love stick. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to go from forward to reverse without hitting neutral first. Yeah. It's impossible.
2: Yeah.
3: And same thing happens when we're going from negative to positive. Now, Jeff, I think it's uncommon on its own for us internally to learn to move to neutral. I think that's very uncommon, Mm -hmm. right? What I think is maybe even next level uncommon is how do we help our partners get to neutral can you talk about that a little bit and w- what are things that you're beginning to see that hey maybe I can carry this not just for me but to my partners
2: yeah you know because last night in our game I mean it was it was a topic in our pregame you know trying to get to neutral as fast as possible and I'm probably gonna go a couple different ways in this but I, I want I want to share the story you know we had we had some tough plays. It was a tough game, you know. It was, it was a hard game to work, but we 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 uh we did a good job in this game. There was a couple plays that potentially could have gone us put us into the negative. And when I was talking to one of my partners after the game, we were out by the cars, we we're getting ready to leave, letting our cars warm up, and he says to me, he "Goes, yeah, you know, I just found myself, you know, after a couple of those plays on the baseline, just get back to neutral here." just accept that play for what it is go to neutral and you know we don't have to we don't have to try and fix it in game i think if you talk about it just for 15 minutes before the game it's as you said already uncommon mm-hmm. so that that's people are going to be thinking about it mm-hmm. when it's when it's extraordinary and uncommon People can't help but to wonder, I wonder if this really works. Mm-hmm. I wonder if 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 we're on to something here. And when it they can apply it, it's nice. Now, some of the things I do during game, okay, you know, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a media break every five minutes, basically. So we get a chance to get together. You know, hey, that's good five minutes. Let's go back to neutral here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have another five minutes. That last five minutes means nothing compared to the five minutes we're getting ready to do. So let's let's get back to neutral and accept the five minutes that are that are going to be in front of us. Um, those are things that help us. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all things. the The other thing I think too is is we don't want to, you know, during these timeouts, right? If we well, if we want to stay away from negative, we want to you know stay in the neutral. Well, the last thing we should be doing and when we're talking about timeouts and going, man, I can't believe that coach is still arguing about that travel call. I can't believe. You know, they thought that wasn't a foul, and boy, I think I might have really missed that that um, hit on the wrist or whatever it is, right? Those plays are gone. I got to get back to neutral. So I'm going to start stating facts now.
3: Yeah, that kind of goes back to what you saying stop saying the stupid stuff.
2: Yeah, don't say stupid stuff. So I'm, I'm going to state, state facts for my timeouts now. Hey, the fouls are four to three in favor of the white, uh, the arrow's going in favor of blue. Um, we have two timeouts. For white, we have three timeouts for black. I'm gonna, these are facts Mm -hmm. that are gonna help us get through the next segments that we have. And there's no denying those facts. Hey, you know, coach from black's been warned, whatever that might be. These are facts, Mm -hmm. and that's what we wanna stick with. And I think that's going to help us to stay in the neutral instead of going, you know, it's fine if we go to the positive, but I think that's the easy part. Going to positive, easy. When we go to negative, it's even easier and getting out of negative is the hardest part
3: yeah i I don't know that I would agree that getting to positive is easy i will I will say it's a whole lot easier to get there from neutral okay than yeah. it's ever able to get there from negative mm-hmm. yeah I think that's that's definitely true you know I found it really interesting yesterday I did um, a training yesterday morning at our local university for uh, a group of intramural referees. We have lots of people, especially that are involved in uh, college basketball, I know, that work in intramural programs at universities around the country, and uh, what you do is awesome, and it's helping uh, prep a, a new generation of officials, which I think is really, really cool um and uh, i had been around some of that uh, when uh, rachel rayford used to be at purdue and things like that and this was uh, my first time to kind of do anything like this and they had some officials that were working their very first basketball game ever mm. last night mm. and the guy who runs the intramural program was worried because there's a bunch of football players that are playing intramural basketball this year <laughs> and that just had had hit him had him on high alert right mm. So I asked them what time they were playing games last night and they were playing games. I think their, their last game was supposed to be over at midnight last night. So they were starting at like seven 30 and go until midnight and I'm a night owl anyway. And uh, so I got back from my game. Uh, I got back into a town just a little before nine o'clock and I went over to the rec center at the university and I went down to one court and there's a a guy who he's done it for a, a couple years. Now they've been on a couple year hiatus from uh, intramurals at this particular school because of COVID. So this is their first year back doing it. And you could tell he'd done it before and was just knocking some rust off, right? You know, a guy working with him that seemed to be okay. guy down on another court where... uh, you could tell he he had a clue what he was doing, but had no motivation to do it. Like mm. this was a check. <laughs> I don't know that he ever got past the free throw lay mm. the free throw line at the far end when mm. he was, you know, yeah. working. Let's He's working in the backcourt of the mm. other front. I mean, it was it was kind of crazy stuff. But I mean, he at least, at least knew how to talk to the players and kind of diffuse some stuff or whatever. But then there was a, a guy working with him. That I mean, if there was ever a physical representation in a human of "deer in the headlights," mm. it was this young <laughs> guy, and it was his first basketball game ever. Uh, I had I had put a whistle in my pocket before I walked into the gym, and I'm in there in a you know a pullover and a pair of jeans and tennis shoes, and I'm standing next to him, and I just kind of start jogging up and down the court with him and everything, and he was super insecure. Like on a, out of bounds call, he would let the ball bounce twice out of bounds. He would think about it. He would look to see which way everybody was thinking. He'd blow his whistle as softly as he could, and then like with one finger in front of his chest, point the direction he thought it should go. And then as soon as somebody would yell at him, No, it's gotta be the other way, then he'd take his other hand and point with the one finger in the other direction. Like he was he was so lost. But you could tell he wanted to do it right. Mm-hmm. He was so he was so in his own head. You talk about a negative mindset, big time negative. Yeah. So we had something that happened down on the end and I grabbed my whistle out and I blew the whistle loud. At the same time he blew it soft, right? And all of a sudden you could like he could hear what it's supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And then there was a there was a play where it should have been a foul. I mean, it, it this kid got clobbered. I mean, I don't know how there was not blood all over the court kind <laughs> of foul, right? And the ball goes out of bounds, and he's going to give it to the other team. And I can start to see what it is. And so I me I hit my whistle and I point. We're going to leave it right here. We may not have called the foul, but we're going to leave it right here. And one of the players started to get upset. He's like, "Oh, but we guys said, whoa, 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 whoa!" He said, "You know this is where the ball's supposed to be." like okay yeah right you Mm -hmm. know so so we get it there and there was a timeout and I talked to him like hey I said all I want you to do for the next little bit is just blow your whistle strong and make a decision I said if your decision is 100% wrong I said I will back you with everybody on this court right Mm -hmm. and his next whistle was just a little bit louder and his next mechanic was just a little bit stronger Mm. by the end of the night I was standing over on the side and he looked like the better official of the two that were on the court. Nice. Nice. And it had nothing to do it had nothing to do with any more information that mm-hmm. he'd gotten. Right. It had all to do with his mindset. Yep. And I think that's true for us, no matter the level we work, no matter how long we've been doing it. I think our performance is going to be greatly impacted by our mindset. So if that's what we think, let's let's talk about Action steps, Jeff, as people are are heading into their game. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say a couple things, so let me feed them to you, and then you give us that that recap on it of a way that we can put this into action right away. The first thing you said is stick to the facts. Mm-hmm. Tell us how we do that in our game to make an impact.
2: Stick stick to the facts. The facts are you called a foul. You've ruled a foul. We have to... So and so still shooting, even though that's wrong, right, or, you know, our coaches are arguing. The still is, you the, know, the, I like to use the phrase, the decision has been made. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to replay and I come out of it with uh, an out of bounds play to stay with White, you know, and coach still wants to argue, listen, the decision has been made. Those are the facts. Mm-hmm. Everything you say, a coach says to me, is not going to change that. Everything I say to myself, is not going to change. Everything my partners say to me is not going to change. The decision has been made once we, you know, if we're whatever that is, via replay or live on the floor. And those are the facts. When I call a foul, a blocking foul, when it should have been in a restricted area or should have been a charge, even though it's incorrect, the facts are still we are shooting two shots. Mm-hmm. And that's where. We can, we start drowning in our own negative mindset of, oh my gosh, it shouldn't be two shots. And just like your situation with this young official, we know it was a foul. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows it was a foul. Even the players know it's a foul. But you said, we're going to stay here. Okay. Yep. I, I can agree that it might have been a foul, but I've made a decision and the mm-hmm. decision is going to be out of bounds. We're staying here. That's it. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I think we need to do, and when you do that, when you when you make those decisions and you stick to the facts of those decisions, it's amazing how much easier it is to get to neutral. Mm. It's just easier. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, listen, that's it. Yep, maybe wrong, but I've made a decision on this play, and that's what that's what it is. I want to share a story though about your 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 young gentleman who mm-hmm. didn't have you know like just didn't feel confident, but all of a sudden you were, you were doing some small things to give him confidence. And the story is, and I shared it with you off air, but I'm gonna share it with everyone who's listening. And I think it's a great story. And I, I know I'm not going to do it justice, but if you, if you read the book or listen to the book, it takes what it takes. You'll hear the story, but it's a great story. So there's a high school student who is, you know, a junior not, doesn't have very good grades, probably, you know, an average D D minus student. But he promises his mom he'll take the SAT test. Promises his mom takes the SAT test. Doesn't want to do it, so he does it the summer of his junior year, whatever it is. And he goes and does it because he promises his mom. And his score comes back whatever a couple of weeks later. And I, I know I'm going to butcher the number, so all you SAT geeks, <laughs> well, let's it.
3: let's just say that he scores super high on the
2: chart. He's super super high. Yeah, yep. super high. Well, you know, in the thousands. Okay, so 1080 or whatever it is. And that's pretty good. That's a pretty good SAT score. And his mom says, did you cheat? And he's like, no, I didn't cheat. I tried to cheat, but the bubbles and the chairs were too far apart. I just couldn't see anything. So I just didn't cheat. And the teachers got wind of this. So the teacher started putting a little bit more into them. Uh, You know, what does a kid that has a 1080 SAT score do? He goes to class. He studies, he does his homework, all this stuff. Well, come to find out, he gets, gets into a, a nice uh, junior college, local junior college, gets his associate's degree, um, goes on to be this major, major player in a magazine uh, publisher and is a multimillionaire. That's not the end of the story, though. The end of the story is a year later, this kid, after getting his 1080 SAT score, Something comes in the mail as he's in college, and his mom said, Are "You can open it, I said, yeah, I open it. Well, it's a letter from the SAT board which they do an audit every year, just like they do every year, and they sent him the wrong score. Hmm. He only got like a seven something. The story is, the moral of the story is, he started acting like he had a 1080, and that's what caused him to have success, even though he didn't get a 1080. Your kid started acting like a referee, even though he didn't know how to referee, because he, someone gave him that confidence to do so. So it's not the test score; it's the fact that hey, I'm feeding positive things into myself. Someone told me I'm good. I can. I'm going to capitalize on this, and then they go out and be do great things. Mm-hmm. Instead of going, if you would have went and told this kid, hey, dude, you're not going to make it. You, you know, you can't blow your whistle stronger. You can't point stronger. You're just not going to make it. And then a the kid would have been out. That's where. That's what I talk about. We we have to surround ourselves with positive things, and we got to be listening to positive things. We got to be we got to be listening to positive people around us, and that are feeding us good stuff, encouraging stuff. Not necessarily lies, but good stuff. You will. That's that's how elite officials become elite officials. They hang around other elite officials. They figure out what that's like, mm-hmm. and they and they continue to do it. And then, like no one told me that you're elite, but all of a sudden you're elite because. You were doing all the things that elite people were doing.
3: Yeah. No, it's good. So we stick to the facts. Yep. Stop saying stupid, stupid. Stop. stuff. For yeah. I love it.
2: Stop saying stupid stuff. In the book, he says it's something. He doesn't know it says another word, but I won't say it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I'm guessing people can guess.
2: Yeah. And the other story I want to share with this, because I know you're getting ready to wrap up. I'm I'm guessing.
3: You're good. You're good. This is part of our wrap up.
2: All right. So the you now we talked about positive thinking, right? You know, and then negative thinking, if you say it out loud, it's 70 times more apt to come true. Well, everyone knows, uh, not everyone, but I'm going to share the story. Bill Buckner, Boston Red Sox, first baseman, um, game six of the World Series. I think it was like the bottom of the 10th inning or whatever it was. Gets a ground ball hit to him, and it goes through his legs. Mets end up winning. I think it was the Mets. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up winning the whole World Series the next day. But game six, they had it won but he gave up the air, let the ball go through his legs. The little-known fact about Bill Buckner was 19 days prior to that World Series game, there was an interview done, and he was being interviewed by someone. He said, you know, what's the dream? What do you think about the World Series and stuff like that? And he says, well, the dream is to win the World Series. The nightmare is to have a ground ball go between my legs and give up the winning run. Mm. He said it out loud. And we don't know. It still may have happened, right? But we do know this. He said it out loud and negative things happened to him. He said something negative out loud and it happened to him. Don't say negative things. Don't say stupid stuff. That's Mm -hmm. all there is to it.
3: No, I like that. And then... Instead of trying to move from negative to positive, mm-hmm. our plan is to move from negative to neutral. Yeah. That allows us maybe then to be able to transition from neutral to positive. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Yeah, the only way you're going to get to positive is you got to go through neutral first. Right? It's 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 like the uh, the only way I can get to the other side of the mountain is I got to go through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I got to get I got to go through this tunnel. Even though I don't like I would much rather be thinking positive all the time, but I got to get to neutral first before I can get to positive.
3: I love that. Well, folks, we hope that this is just one more thing that you can put in your toolkit to help you become a little more uncommon. Uh, This is a great thing to talk with your crews about. Uh, This is a great thing. If you're out watching pitches, getting ready for the baseball season, Uh, most of the time we're there, you know, three or four of us at one site doing that. Have this conversation with the people that you're with. Man, what's it like to... To get back to neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, man, I missed a couple pitches. How do I get back to neutral? How do I get out of that negative headspace mm-hmm. so that then positive things can begin to happen? Uh again, if this is something that's been helpful to you, please share this podcast with other folks, whether it's word of mouth, social media, whatever, give us a rating, write us a review. Uh, We love doing this for you, and we want it to be helpful and beneficial to you. If you have any questions or things that you'd like to talk to us about, shoot us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating.